0: Hey guys, it's Brian here. I hope you enjoyed Part 1 of Episode 2, The Cancer Diagnosis, and I thank you so much for tuning in for Part 2. Enjoy!
1: So, here's a huge miracle. Um, We see it as a miracle. So, M was at work, and... I believe this is right. Um, she was talking about what had happened, and someone in there, in her office, heard um, that M's husband was diagnosed with a brain tumor,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and this person, uh, and th- there could have been some some other channels, but basically, what happened was you need to. Brian needs to see a certain doctor um, he is the best in the country
0: hmm
1: and um, because of the connection between him and this person you were able to get in to see that doctor he's since retired from what I from what the I surgeon correct. The, the surgeon yeah and so and that team his team um, that he worked with and we continue to work with at UT Southwestern mm-hmm and um, so we we saw him, and do you remember what he said? I don't. Basically, it 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 was presented to us that um, it not necessarily a great outcome. They uh, they said you do need to have. Surgery it does need to be removed and they weren't sure because of the location That uh, it might affect your eye
0: Yes, I do remember that part. Okay. I remember You know having to sign a piece of paper basically saying After the surgery if I were to wake up blind That we can't sue them.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah Right and and he like I said he was the best in the country and 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 we were going with what he said, all right? Um, and the way they do it at UT Southwestern, um, and they might do it at uh, you know many other hospitals, but they have a team, and they have you know the neuro uh, surgeon, the neuro oncologist, the radiologist. They have all these people that review files, uh-huh. and they come up with what they all feel collectively is the a plan. Uh-huh. And so um, it was decided that you were going to have surgery. And and just let me interject here: your original surgery that was scheduled with the original doctor at the at the trauma hospital mm-hmm. had had been uh, long past, like by several weeks. You right. you would have already had the surgery. So this team. Um, decided that they wanted to watch yes. um, through MRIs and, and, and some special screening. They could watch closely to see the activity of the tumor. Yes. And this is where our angel Dr. Elizabeth Marr, comes into play. Yes. Um, and uh, she was on that team and um, Dr. Bruce Mickey was going to be the surgeon when the time came. Right so we met with Dr. Marr and she put a whole different spin a whole just gave us a whole different
0: well let's go back here so when I went to UT Southwestern my first doctor was Dr. Pan correct
1: that's true so
0: that's when we actually got the diagnosis okay for the cancer am I wrong here Uh,
1: no that's probably that's Probably correct.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, we were watching the, you know, the tumor growth. See if we had any growth, but, you know, from from the MRIs, you know, we were. I forget how many times, or how often I was getting checked up at that point. Do you remember? Uh,
1: it was probably every two to three months at that time.
0: Okay. And so, I, I forget what month it was, but I was still working at the jail. And uh, we got the call that you know one of the MRIs showed growth of the tumor and that action was gonna need to be taken
1: yeah so that first hospital stay um, and that first surgery that was scheduled was around the January um, 2013 time frame and then we started treating with you Southwestern, we decided as a family that we wanted a second opinion, although UT Southwestern, I mean best of the best, right. so you, M, and I scheduled an appointment um, at um, MD Anderson in Houston and so we went down, we drove down there stayed the night, met with a, a wonderful doctor and he um, he agreed that what UT was doing uh, and I want to go back
0: again to dr. Pan okay Um, you know when we got the diagnosis I remember I just want to you know kind of focus on when I got the initial diagnosis after the growth was it found to be yeah cancerous so basically we were told I had an anaplastic astrocytoma tumor which is a cancerous tumor in the brain and the outcome of the outcome is not was not going to be good
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and so yeah that you know put us in a very bad place you know the whole family emily and i so i really want to focus on that just so we can kind of where let our audience know where i was and you know Mm -hmm. how we got through it and all that yeah
1: yeah that's right. So when you were told that, do you remember the thoughts that you? How that affected your life?
0: When or I was initially told that, I almost threw up. Um, uh, you know, it was really hard to comprehend what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it put me through some deep dark anxiety, fear places that I wouldn't rec- I wouldn't want anybody to go through.
1: Yeah. Right. So that that time frame, so from that point to when surgery was scheduled for to remove the cancer do you remember anything uh, that stands out is what what you with work um, with M with yeah family
0: one thing that stands out was I was no longer a healthy human and the anxiety that it put on our family especially Emily and I yeah, it was very hard because you know when you're newly married all you think about is the future you know mm-hmm. when we're going to have our kid when we're going to get a new house when we're going to do this when we're going to do that you know any time those things got brought up it just brought up anxiety in me and Emily and it was probably weekly where you know Emily and I would be having conversations, and she would have to walk out of the house because I was, you know, there trying to convince her that I was still going to be around in a year and it be around in a year or two. Um, and so we would have you know fights over that, even, and it was extremely difficult. Um, so yeah that was probably the most difficult thing Um, you know waiting for that surgery waiting for to see what it's gonna look like after we had that surgery and treatment so there the unknown of that was just traumatizing really
1: Mm hmm looking back do you feel like um, if you had gotten help Processing all of that would would that have made a difference?
0: I don't know. And the help of the, that I that I tried to you know help myself with was googling my specific cancer, and you know looking at forums of people chatting about this happened to this person, this happened to that person. They're you know they lasted this long with that diagnosis, or they're still alive, or. I went down a lot of rabbit holes trying to find some kind of, I don't even know what you call it, like confidence that I was going to be okay. Mm -hmm. But as far as talking to anybody, I think it would have helped, but the unknown of it all is just so overbearing, it's hard to really listen to anybody at that time unless you know they were had the same situation as me which we did run into somebody in a similar situation at MD and Anderson when yes. we went down there
1: yes so maybe our one of our hopes for this podcast is to just give hope to, to someone
0: yes absolutely I, I think a person dealing with all that If they could find or hear or read that somebody is dealing with the same thing they were are dealing with and there's a good outcome to it it's an an amazing confidence booster a mood booster which I believe is everything when you're dealing with something like that I think how you think the outcome is going to be or how you know the outcome is going to be is how the outcome is gonna be I think if you think you're not gonna make it I don't think you will hmm I think if people you know think they're gonna die in six months they're probably gonna die in six months whereas if you have the mindset you know I'm, I'll be fine I'm gonna do ev- everything I can to have a good outcome and I know I'm gonna be okay I think you know it's obviously not a hundred percent but I think the Chances greatly increase when you have that type of mindset right. of you know knowing there could be or is a good outcome for you.
1: And I think a couple of things come to my mind is that this kind of diagnosis um, is so different a cancer diagnosis because if your child is in an accident. And they break their leg and maybe it's a very severe break and you know the doctors say there's going to be weeks months years of physical therapy required Mm -hmm. that's different because it's more of a concrete black and white okay right the you don't have the unknown factor right as much when you face a cancer diagnosis um, and and other chronic diseases um, the unknown is just and you've mentioned that it, the unknown can just destroy you the, yeah. the thought and um, and I think that one message you know if there's something that I could say to a mom or a dad or um, is that just, try to stay present in your thoughts and that is so much easier said than done I created so many stories in my head All right um, that were just horrible um, for me I didn't Google I don't want to know I don't want to know the statistics um, I just it, it's it doesn't help me
0: yeah and I don't think it I mean, there are some cases to where it did help me, but a lot of cases, it kept me up at night. Yeah. You know, I, after reading some of the stories, I'm, I thought to myself, you know, I'm not going to make it, you know. Yeah. That's literally went th- through my head in some cases, but other cases, I'm like, okay, I, you know, I may have a chance here.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, that's good and bad, you know, doing the Google thing.
1: I guess I guess one of the messages here is everybody is going to deal with this kind of thing in their own way yes that um, is true and I don't think I, I think there are some dark dark places that that you have to go yeah and and um, I don't know how not to go there yeah um, but but in our case we were able to to, you know get out of that we and we don't we don't know you know we don't know why we know people once we entered the uh, the brain cancer world which is shocking to even have to say we're a part of that world yeah um, but there are people that didn't that haven't made it yeah really incredible people
0: yes yeah yeah, it's yeah it's very unfortunate um, but yeah I believe if you can somehow come across somebody or something that you know lightens up your spirit and your hope
1: mm-hmm.
0: and brings that confidence that you can make it, you have a much better chance and you know going along with that, you know switching from our original doctor Dr. Pan that gave us that diagnosis of you know, there's a very little chance that I'm going to be with us or still with us in a year or two. Mm -hmm. Um, That was very hard to deal with and until we switched to Dr. Marr, God bless you, Dr. Marr, I believe you truly saved our our life or my life. Um, And the reason for that is I truly believe her spirit and her confidence that she gives her patients really makes a difference in the outcome I agree and I don't have any way to prove that I'm not discrediting Dr. Pan but Dr. Mars' spirit really changed how we dealt with things
1: yeah right she was so and still is so positive absolutely um, and it, it has made a huge difference. I, I've I've told y'all before. I wish I could just bottle me up some Dr. Mar positivity oh, yeah. because, yeah, you know, there's nothing. I might be jumping ahead now, but um, after hearing her words, after you have your scans, it looks great. Yeah. You know, beautiful scan. There is nothing, and it will never. There will never be more beautiful words to me yeah to hear that
0: yeah and her coming into the picture you knowing exactly you know what the treatment they had on the plate for me or for us and her saying you know your chances of making are very good once we get this done
1: and this is why yes so leading up the days leading up to the surgery. Now, what surgery specifically are you talking about?
0: Yeah, so the, one of the treatments that I, I was given was a s- surgery to remove the brain tumor. And with that, they were going to have to basically cut open my skull in half and remove it uh, and remove the tumor, that is. Um, so, yeah, it was going to be a very in depth, I guess, traumatic uh, surgery. And so, leading up to that, obviously, I was extremely anxious.
1: So, um, that is all a blur to me. leading yeah. leading up to the surgery. I think that I think you and I are alike in a lot of ways. so i I lived a lot of my days in denial. Yeah. or I didn't allow myself to feel certain things right um, it, it was too much yeah it was just too much so I just kind of coasted yeah you know just one step at a time one day at a time literally yeah um, so I really don't remember a lot about the days leading up to that I don't remember a lot about getting to the hospital even what I do remember is in the waiting room, each family's only supposed to have a certain number of people, Mm -hmm. you know, waiting. Well, we broke the rule. We had uh, Chris, Em's brother, was there, Amanda was there, um, you know, uh, every, Emily's parents. Yeah, Mike and Martha were there. Yeah, Yeah, um, and there weren't enough seats, and I, I remember I sat on the floor Um, Martha had written a beautiful prayer Uh, I still have it to this day and I remember sitting there just reading that over and over while you were in surgery Um, just reading it over and over and it was so comforting to me Um, and you know I think it helped me focus on something positive and not think about what was happening to you behind the doors right and I remember Amanda coming over and just kind of rubbing my back, and you yeah. know it was Amanda, your sister. Yeah. You know? um, and then Chris, you know Chris being there, Emily's brother, um, meant meant a lot. Um, he's he's just been very supportive throughout this whole journey.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, and so. One thing that was very special to me um, is as we were telling you you know giving you our hugs and kisses Em and I were in the room before they took you back just the two of us and you handed me your cross yeah and I remember saying need to give that to Emily and y'all both looked at me and said no we want you to have it and you know that cross you you wore it you know every day
0: I still do but it is currently lost
1: yeah that's another story <laughs> yeah I
0: won't, I won't touch on that
1: yeah um, and so that that just I will never forget that moment um, so we we told you you know gave you our kisses and, and we left, left that room and, and they were about to take you back. Um, went back to the waiting room and I can't tell you how long it took. I, I, have, I don't remember. Um, and I just remember, I think, Dr. Mickey called us into a room um, I, I don't remember but I think that's what happened um, and told us it went great and they were able to get all the tumor I think they had to leave some microscopic um, cancer cells because they were so close to your eye that they were afraid if they went any further that it would have affected your sight. right um, and I just remember all the family, us just hugging and thanking them, you know, hugging him. And, and he had um, sing some young, I guess they were residents, and we were hugging them. And yeah. Yeah. So, Bud, that's kind of what was happening in the waiting room. Um, what, what were some of the scariest points or things, thoughts that you had?
0: Well, you know, leading up to the surgery, I know we touched on this before, but I had to sign some papers, and one of them was, you know, I could wake up blind. Another one was, I could not wake up at all. Um, I could not survive. I had to sign those papers, and that was, I almost couldn't do it. I mean, because <laughs> I knew what the surgery was, I knew they were open, opening up my brain, and to sit there and read something basically saying that i may not i may not not survive it was it was almost i could (laughs) i couldn't bring myself to sign it it's Mm -hmm. uh i don't know what to compare it to but it was it was an uh, unreal almost like a nightmare type feeling yeah and then so yeah that was extremely scary um the day of surgery You know that was a long drive for me actually went by pretty quickly because i was not looking forward to it um but you know once i got hooked up once i was in the room ready to go you know i didn't know if i was gonna make it out of that surgery so when i was you know talking with y'all and Everyone was praying over me. I was praying to God to please help me make it out of the surgery alive and Even with that out when I was saying, you know, good my goodbyes to y'all. I was basically telling y'all goodbye Because I didn't know if I was ever gonna serve if I was gonna be waking up So yeah, <laughs> that was tough You know, I, I said I love you like I meant, meant it and Because I didn't know that that was going to be the last "I love you" that you would ever hear from me. So yeah, that was that was tough. Uh, So I didn't know that that was going to be my final moment. So yeah, that was that was Mm. tough. Uh, But once I came out of the surgery, I mean, (laughs) I was a little loopy, but I was alive and. I could barely see, you know, it was really foggy, and I could see everyone, and I could kind of communicate, and once I could do that, I could just feel God's presence, and and Him basically showing me that I have a lot to do in this world.
1: That's right. I think one of the things that I want to make sure that I um, share um, so you went to ICU after the surgery yes and um, M and I actually got a, a hotel room down the street so we could be with you as much as we could just go to the hotel and sleep and shower and then go back and so we basically were with you you know as as much as possible and we were in there and um, this little man came in and he was um, you know I'm not sure with what ethnicity was but um, he came in to change out the trash and he said your son is healed
0: I remember hearing that story
1: and he said, "He will have no deficits." So I'm thinking to myself, did he just hear the doctors talking and the nurses talking? How did he have that information? And um, And it happened very quickly. It was, but it will I I, it's just again it's one of those things I'll never forget and I I believe it was shortly after that um, that you woke up in your bed it was kind of over against the wall and I were sitting over here and there was all kinds of machines and hookups and everything around you and you woke up and you said He told me he loved me. Jesus told me he loved me. And that was, that was a profound moment.
0: Yeah. When I woke up from that surgery, I, I can really feel, like I said, I could really feel his presence. And I can't exactly remember Jesus telling me he loved me, but Looking back at how I felt, I can still, you know, picture those moments and those moments how I felt I could feel his love. Mm hmm. It was incredible.
1: Something to hang on to. Yes. You know, what's funny is I asked him about that. Um, experience of that little man coming in and changing out our trash Uh and she doesn't remember it and so I just wonder you know was that an angel coming in you know you hear these stories yeah um, and I, I don't know I don't know how to explain it but the fact that he said what he said and I don't know how he had that information I'll always question that
0: yeah. Could have been an angel that was sent to let you know that it was going to be okay. Yeah, it's going to be okay.
1: Okay. I'm going to look at my <laughs> <Maybe>. notes. <laughs> kind of catch my breath uh-huh. and, and look at my notes here.
0: Hey guys, it's me again. I really hope you enjoyed part two. Uh, Again, please be on the lookout for part three. It should be headed your way in the next day or two. Love y'all.